0: Hello, and welcome to the Outlier podcast, the podcast for everyone who's interested in building better homes. My name is Sandra, and I am hosting this podcast with Anthony, the founder and lead designer at Outlier Studio, who is passionate about creating beautiful and high-performing homes. Together, we sit down once a month to chat with industry experts and to answer your questions about high-performance homes. We want to educate Australians about the possibilities of energy-efficient design and to change the way we build houses today. We hope you join us on that journey. There is no denying that it gets progressively colder outside and unfortunately for many homeowners inside as well. With dropping temperatures, the need to improve a home's thermal performance and insulation is becoming bigger and bigger. Which is why we decided to bring our trusted builder David from EcoWise Homes back on the pod and grill him about what options there are to winter a home. With small budgets and little knowledge in mind. I am sure there are more than a few valuable tips in this episode that you can use to get through winter in a more comfortable and affordable way. One more note as Anthony has both design as well as building knowledge, it simply made sense to have him take the lead with the questions in this episode. David, thanks again for joining us, second time around. This is the first time we had a guest on for the second time, um, but that just shows how much we enjoy talking to you. Today's a very special episode, a seasonal special, so to speak. Winter is approaching and it's getting colder outside, and I am pretty sure that a lot of our listeners are trying to improve the performance of their home, and you are the perfect person to talk to about that and nerd out about what people can do to get through winter in a more comfortable way. So let's get right into it. What can people do to improve the performance of their home?
1: No worries, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Um, great to be back again. feels like a while since we chatted. But, um, yeah, so I've, I do have some great uh, tips in that today for um, all the listeners and that's on how to, you know, improve their home for the winter coming. I'm sure everyone's starting to feel it get a little bit cooler as the, the days are getting uh, shorter and also colder. So, um, you know, the first tip today is make sure you listen to this podcast right through the end because um, we do have those those uh, really good tips in that. So... Um, but I also think it's not so much a tip, but it's more um, advice. It's a book to go purchase and it's the Your Homes um, Australia book. I think they're to the um, sixth edition, but I think it's about 600 pages of just great knowledge on, you know, how to improve your house performance and great information there. So that's, you know, that's probably the most important tip I think to get out of the day is go have a look at that. And um, Yeah, I know you're familiar with it, Anthony. What do you think of that?
2: That is really solid advice. Uh, I consider it to be the holy bible of our industry and I, I recommend it uh, to, to everyone listening, uh, particularly in the new edition. It, it even includes uh, airtightness and it touches on Passive House as well. So yeah, definitely look that up. Um, you'll be able to search your home in Google and, and, and find that very easily.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, I suppose, like, for a start, I'll just start off with some um, tips that I think would be suitable just for, like, a DIY. Um, It probably would depend on your level, obviously. There's, um, you know, you may be very amateur at your DIY, but you could be very capable too. But um, so I think, like, let's look at it from, like, an air leakage sort of perspective from a start um, as far as DIY tips. And to start off with, I think, you know, you could go around and do lots of corking or silicon and um, you know if you're corking, paint over it if need be. But around your home, you find all sorts of different um, cracks and that. You know, there's connections between your um, timber floorboards, maybe, and your skirting boards where you will find air leaking through. Um, so with that, I'll just recommend, you know, run a bead of silicon right around it. Um, You know there's where you have your plasterboard to your skirting some homes crack there and you know you do have you know leaks there um between your corners and your plasterboard you know you can have potential leaks there another spot would be um is your timber floorboards um i'm sorry if you have a house on timber stumps um or sorry just stumps timber subfloor that um we generally find that they're so much more leaky than a house on a concrete slab So, um, you know, it could be a matter of getting some um, timber-coloured cork and sealing up any gaps that you do have um, in your timber floor. But as you can see, like, there's a bit of a common trend happening that it it may seem so small that you've got all these hairline cracks or one millimetre cracks in your old house, but over your whole house, all those cracks really do add up, um, you know, to create you know, a, a quite a, a leaky home in that.
2: So, yeah. So when we test a home, well, for those who uh, aren't familiar uh, with outlier research, uh, you know, it, we offer blower door testing. So when we're testing, um, we're able to determine where all those little gaps and leaks are occurring. Uh, and then we provide advice on that. So one of the big things that we see, uh, specifically in older homes, are uh, the vents in ceilings or in walls. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of air leakage occurring through those. Um, would you have any advice, David, on how people can best tackle those um, those vents?
1: Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Like the um, the wall vents are huge, and uh, and like you do obviously see it in those older homes that you know all rooms have probably one or two vents up in the top corners of your home. Um, yeah, look, it's depending on how far you want to go. Like I've actually been into people's homes that they are looking to do um, a renovation extension. That's sort a of thing, and they're like literally going around with about six rolls of masking tape. And just covered over everything um so i walked home was like, oh, masking tape. And like you guys preparing to paint and like, no no it was just so cold that we just had to seal everything up so um yeah like i, I wouldn't recommend putting masking tape everything but um you want to do a much more professional job than that but with those vents it, it's probably just a matter of getting a, a tradesman like a plaster into um you know just crack off the old um, plaster vents and, you know, just put a sheet of plaster over it and trowel straight over them. And then obviously, you know, they'll sand it up and you've got to repaint your wall. So, yeah.
2: So for wall vents, uh, that definitely would be the most logical approach. However, uh, for the vents that are in the ceiling, would it be reasonable to be able to put something on the top side of the plasterboard to cover those over?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, like it it all depends on what stage at your home, I think, like how much of a quality job you want to do. obviously if you're really house proud um you just did a renovation five years ago and you're obviously not planning to do any renovation for a while but you, you may have missed some you know um air leakage or performance um things that um you know you obviously want to do a professional job of it and get it done right but if you know you do know that you you plan to do a renovation in a couple of years times and you don't really care at the current stage what your home looks like it's just a matter of sealing them up and getting the best performance out of them um So yeah, it depends what situation you're in. I think to um, how far you want to go with them, Anthony. Yeah,
2: that's great. And uh, I suppose when we test, one of the things that we also identify pretty quickly is exhaust fans um, that don't have draft stoppers at all on them or in line. So, what would the best approach be to sort to rectifying exhaust fans that uh, that go straight to a roof cavity or, or directly to outside air?
1: Yep. So obviously, I'd, I'd recommend getting a, um, a licensed electrician around to um, put draft stoppers over the top of them. Um, it's just a baffle that you know goes on top, and then when the the fan switched on, the pressure of the fan lifts the flap up, and then when the fan stops, it just um, flaps back down to prevent um, you know drafts not flowing through. Another one too, not to forget, is the range hoods require. Well, um, I need one of them too, so. Um, if you don't have one of them on your range hood, again, it's just getting, you know, draft straight out of your um your house and that. So um, a, a couple of other key ones, Anthony, that I think too is like external doors and windows. Um, I'd recommend, you know, going around your home. And this is a, a DIY task that you can do is um, get foam seals. You can pick them up from Bunnings or of 10 and that and, um, install them on all your external doors and windows just to prevent those drafts and that going through. And and I think another big one is too, that often I do see them that they've been installed on a, um, say like a timber door for an example. And when it was installed, it was installed correctly that, you know, it was touching top and bottom in the middle and that. But over time that door may have bowed and you do see like it's the rubber rubber, um, seal is touching in the center, but as the door bows down the bottom and top, it's actually a gap there. So I'd recommend to, um, you know, put another piece of foam on it to uh, make sure it is sealed wow. up. And that.
2: So that sounds like something you could probably just check annually. Check the uh, condition of your seals around your external doors and windows.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is like doggy doors, and like um, often people have like um, in apartment lots and that sort of thing is like um, mail delivery slots and that sort of stuff, like they're all just little minor spots where things can actually leak and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what's available to retrofit doggy doors and um, mailing slots, but um, I'm sure there's much more efficient products out there that, you know, you could perhaps look to purchase that, you know, would be sealed up a bit better than your old ones and that, so, yeah.
2: Are there any other things that uh, come to mind, David, that you could mention? Uh, Anywhere that you would look to find air leakage, drafts or leaks?
1: Yep, so I'll do a few more for the DIY sort of tips and Another good one I find is old chimneys, um, you know, especially with old Victorian homes, you know, there's often the four front rooms and pretty much maybe every room has an old chimney in there. Um, you know, you can just, an old fireplace or whatever, you can just cut a piece of um, timber in there neatly and seal it in or seal it in, um, you know, prevent, you know, the drafts um, through there. I've even heard of actually people shoving um, balloons in the chimney to, you um, you know, block that off. That's probably a short-term thing when when they pop in that. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that would work. Um, Another one is the evaporative air conditioners. They are just like a vent straight out your house um, in winter. But, you know, obviously, you know, you could go install a new air conditioner and that But um, and, and get rid of your evaporative. But even just a quick solution is and you know, my mother's done this thirty, forty years ago whenever we had a um evaporative air conditioner on our old farmhouse and that is she just cut sheets of um vinyl in over the vents on the ceiling and just slot that in on top of the, the, the grills and that way, you know, you are still gonna get a little bit of leakage but definitely minimise the heaps and that. So another one is I find is the old toilets um they often have a in where the window is is a, like a vent um like it's not all glass the window it's part vented so obviously you know the old days they want to get rid of their smells and that and um yeah but that's a spot that just leaks all the time like it's um so to do that you can um you know obviously get a new piece of glass installed or even just cut a piece of perspex um plastic over it to um you know stop any leakage and that sort of thing so yeah
2: I'm uh, really glad you mentioned that one. That is a legitimate hole in your wall that can be fairly significant at times. Uh, You'll also find them in older bathrooms as well as toilets.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, there's probably like my main sort of DIY tips um, that I've I've come up with. Um, But yeah, like obviously there's there's some that you know you may have to get a a tradesman in to do or a handyman. But um, yeah, that's something to to get you thinking and you. Yeah, you, know, you can go around check your home and um, you know find find out where they are. Yeah,
2: resolving air leakage, in my opinion, is the best money for value solution to improving efficiency and comfort of your home. Um, and as you say, like a lot of this could be as simple as getting some silicon from the local hardware shop and just going around and sealing up those gaps that uh, you've identified. It all adds up, as you say. It doesn't look like much collectively. This has a potentially a, a large hole in your wall, um, like a door or a window being open, and it's letting heat pass uh, out in the cold months. And, and just by getting around with some silicon, you, you can make a huge difference.
1: Yeah, it just comes back to like what I call it—the like one is isn't that like it just all adds up. And it's the same when we do new construction. and That's the thing; like we're always focused on that, the detailing, and you, it may sound like new. Uh, when we're talking about new home construction, of you know, making sure the the wrap's all super tight, so we don't get little wrinkles when we're taping and that sort of thing. But it just it adds up, like, and that's what i was saying, early about all the cracks and that sort of thing. It just, you know, um, it may sound minor, but it definitely adds up and that sort of thing. So yeah, especially when um, air leakage equates to um, 15 to 25 percent of your heat loss in um, in winter and that sort of thing. So it's uh, yeah, very uh, very cost effective way to um, get on top of things, Anthony
2: absolutely it's up to a 25 percent improvement right there uh, i suppose the next thing to touch on is uh, insulation it probably comes a little bit more of a higher price point to achieve this for walls but uh, those who have access to their subfloor and uh, most will have access to their ceilings what would be the best approach to insulating a home
1: yeah so i'll start with is like people have a opinion i think that they need to go zero to hero all of a sudden. Um, it's something that can be done very gradually to um, improve, improve the performance of your home, whether that's air sealing or um, insulation. So it, it's one of those things. Like every home different different, unique. Like you know, you could have a you know a, a timber subfloor. You could be on a slab. But so, for example, that you, you do have a, a timber subfloor, is it? It's just a matter of um, getting under there um at some stage and say oh look we can access right under here or yeah it is tight under one corner and um just get some insulation bats installed um i think the underfloor um um, leakage um, of your home is um, 10 to 20 percent. so obviously if you can seal it up as best as possible and put insulation there it's going to make a huge difference and um, as far as products to install for um, underfloor um, insulation, I, I'd suggest like a, just a, a bulk insulation bat, Um which I'll, I'll touch on later. The um, the different types of insulation, or not all the insulation, but the, the, the majority of insulations out there, and that and the sort of the, um, what their pros and cons are, and that I suppose. And the the other one is um, that you can use on a um, subfloor is your um, polystyrene um, foil board um yeah that's also a good one um but yeah and and then the next one would be like you know to improve your ceiling your your ceiling's going to be your your best bang for buck because you do lose um 25 to 35 percent of your heat loss in winter for your ceiling so um if you were going to start with somewhere you know and you can't access your ceiling's the best one and um for your ceiling probably a um, insulation bat's um, is your best option. Otherwise, you can go with like a blow-in sort of insulation to um, this or your, your two um, major ones. But um, just a bit of a disclaimer out there. Just be careful um, putting insulation in your ceiling. Um, you don't want to be covering over the old halogen um, downlights. Um, you're meant to actually have covers around them and that just with um, them overheading. That I know we had um, issues in Australia. Um, going back a few years ago. So um, it's probably best you do have a licensed electrician come along to just um, you know, double check you're doing the right thing.
2: And just to add to that, uh, LED downlights uh, you're looking for that will allow you to completely insulate over a ICF rated. So if you want to insulate completely over the downlight, make sure it's ICF rated. And if not, maybe look for an LED barrier, like a, that's a cone that goes over the top of that LED light. Uh, and then it allows you to insulate right uh, to that cone o- uh, and over the cone as well.
1: That's it. And then, like as far as insulation, that sort of thing, it's um, the next ones. Your walls, they're often the most hardest ones to get to. Um, just depends on what stage your home's at. So um, it, it, they can be quite expensive to do because obviously you need to access inside your wall to be able to do it. Um, so I, I, with the walls, I'd probably recommend to wait till just see you know. If your home's at a stage where, hang on, we do need to rip off the weatherboards They're old and We'll wait another couple more years until they're, you know, completely um, need to be replaced. And then we can look to, you know, put insulation bats in your wall and even perhaps create create your walls to be a bit thicker so you get thicker insulation in. Um, Or it could be an example that, you know, you you do have good external cladding, but the plaster inside or whatever lining you do have inside is starting to, um, you know, um, lose its quality and that sort of thing so you could uh, perhaps strip off the um, internal um, lining of your, in, in your walls and um, insulate there. So um, yeah, but once again with your walls I'd just be looking to do like a, um, a, a bulk insulation bat with them.
2: So one of the most common places that uh, we we don't see insulation being installed, even in new builds, is on the external junctions of the frame where the internal walls link to the external walls or meet the external walls. And those junctions, if the external cladding is going to be removed, well, that's great because then you know that you're going to have access to those junctions. But if it's going to remain and let's say that you're going to um, be removing the plasterboard, is there anything that anyone can do to insulate those junctions?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you are accessing it from inside, um, you can, you know, drill holes in your stud. Don't go dr- drilling too big of holes. Um, and you can actually get expander foam and spray it in there. So that way all your junctions and that are um, got some form of, you know, foam or insulation there. Um, you know, it's not going to be as good as, you know, um, access from outside and actually putting insulation there. But, yeah, it's definitely going to, um, you know, get some form of insulation there to, you um, um, improve the performance of it, for sure, yeah.
2: So just being able to drill through that stud is going to be enough to get the nozzle of the um, expander foam. Actually, I should mention use low expansion foam if you can, uh, is probably, um, you know, the preference to, to get that in there to insulate those junctions. I've,
1: I've got a list of um, insulations, different types of insulation here that I'll, I'll go through that, um, you know, that people could consider using for their home. There's, um, to start off with, there's like a, a bulk insulation, um, which is your most costly form of insulation. So that can come in a, a bat form. Um, so like an actual, you know, suits your stud width or your flooring width or your gaps between your trusses and that. And the other format that comes in is like a loose fill. So it's just like a, um, they spray it in and just that's often used in um, in ceilings and that. But we, with that, there's also different types of material that the insulation um, comes in. Like you can get it out of... Um, like a glass wool product, you can get out of a um, a rock wool product, which is like a volcanic rock um, spun into this, you know, wool sort of um, insulation bat. And you can also get a, a polyester insulation bat or you can actually get a, authentic wool bats. Um, obviously, all these come at different price points and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, they're all, all going to be really efficient in that to, um, to put in your home. Um, and then you can start moving into sort of like your polystyrene insulation. There's there's the two major ones um, that I would recommend um, for this, and that's the extruded polystyrene. It's also known as XPS and expanded um, polystyrene, which is um, EPS. So they're both um, great insulations when you don't have much room. Um, to insulate in so that they're, they're very thin, but you also get great insulation quality. Um, and the XPS is really good because it's um, got a high um, compression strength, which makes it great to put underneath um, house slabs um, when we do new construction, um, because it can actually handle the weight of the house on it.
2: So one of the uh, other things that we often see when we're doing our inspections using the infrared camera is access hatches into ceiling or roof spaces. So what can people do to insulate that access hatch?
1: Yeah, so I actually, in, in passing my um, renovations and extensions, in that, I would um, install just a traditional sort of uh, manha- um, manhole surround, but make sure it's you know well sealed um, around where it's going to have plaster budding into it. And also where we have the, the actual the panel that sits on top of the surround. Also install foam around that so you've got a good tight seal. So the manhole access is well sealed. But then obviously, um, it, as of yet, it doesn't um, perform that well as far as insulation. So what we actually do is um, install foil board on top of the actual piece of timber that goes on the manhole. So we put two sheets of that on, so it does have a good insulation um, performance as well. So yeah.
2: You mentioned seals. Um, what product can people use to create that seal that you're talking about, and and would that get uh, adhered to the inside of the access hatch?
1: Yeah, so I'd seal it to the um, the inside of the surround. Um, And it's just like a a little rubber gasket virtually that just sits on the the manhole surround. And then you have just a piece of, um, we use malamine, which is just a piece of 16mm timber with a vinyl veneer over the top and bottom. And that just sits on top of the surround. Um, And another, it's not that common, but another insulation that um, you can come across is the cellulose insulation. It's a a plant fibre insulation, which is um, made up out of, um, newspaper, cardboard, um, cotton, straw, sawdust, sometimes hemp, or even um, corn cobs. But um, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's um really good insulation. It's probably not that common, but it is very eco-friendly and sustainable as well, just so uh, all the, the listeners can be aware of that one too.
2: Is there anything further that listeners could do to improve the thermal comfort of their home through using insulation?
1: That probably covers off well, so actually, no, you, you, you can seal up some, um, as far as insulation, depending on the type of heating and cooling you do have, um, whether you wanted to insulate internal walls of your home. Um, but I, personally, I'd just be looking to in, improve the whole um, outer building envelope of your home and get that to a really good standard and not worry too much about internal walls. Um but, yeah, the, that probably covers off the majority of the um, sort of basic ins- insulation sort of um, the, the tips and that. Um, I, I do have a couple of other ones that I'd recommend um, for um, air, air sealing. And then I might go into some uh, pointers about um, actually ways to find the leaks in your home. So I, I do find, especially in new homes, you um, that there's a huge gap often behind and up the top of um, your fridge. So we, we, we find that um, the plasterboard gets installed in your home, or if it's a, a relatively new home, then the joinery company will come install the joinery, but there'll be no cornice installed around the um, where the kitchen goes. So the joinery goes in and then um, the plaster comes back later and butts the um, butts the cornice into where the joinery is. So you get left with this cavity at the back of your fridge that drafts from your fridge all the way up the back of your joinery into out into your roof cavity. So I'd recommend to um, cut in a piece of ply, plasterboard, anything in there, or even you can foam seal it, depending on how big the gap is, to ensure that that doesn't doesn't um, doesn't leak at all. So um, yeah, I just find that's a, another relatively big um, the, the leak you can come across in that, so yeah. Well,
2: one more thing that comes to mind. Um, so when we're doing our inspections with the infrared camera, we can see that insulation is present in the ceiling, but sometimes it's lifted or it might just be a bit older, so it's just degraded. Um, What would you recommend um, is best here? So, I mean, tidy up the existing insulation that's already there, or going over the top of that with new insulation, or is it best to remove the old existing and put brand new insulation in? Um, So, you know, what what would be your preferred method uh, there?
1: Yeah, so it's probably a case by case basis, Anthony, of whether you do um, rip it out or um, just go to the top of it. I know, like doing renovation extensions for years and that you come across insulation and it's like probably only 30 mil thick <laughs> and you're like, this thing is not at all. Um, so often with that, uh, we just throw it out and, you know, sometimes it has water damage and that, which, you know, squ- um, squashes it. So when insulation is squashed, it loses its performance. So with a, with a bat insulation, it, it it's all fluffy. So you get lots of little air pockets. Um, so when the, Insulation is squashed. You don't. You lose all your air pockets, so it doesn't perform as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's probably a case by case basis to whether you keep it or um, throw it out. Um, yeah, as as far as the the way to install it is, um, insulation is um, yeah, it, it works really well. But five percent of um, gaps in your insulation actually. Um, decreases the quality performance by 50%. So it's one thing just to say, yeah, I've got insulation, but is it been installed correctly? So I, I find that it, it, insulation works, you know, it, when, it's, when it's just got the, the, the standard rows and the truss width worth perfectly and it's all just shoved in nice and neat, the, the installer doesn't have to worry about cutting anything, it's all good. But I find it's once they need to start cutting things with a Stanley knife, um, to fit in, you know, potentially around like, you know, your roof members or um, wires or plumbing penetrations and all that sort of thing is that's where, I don't know if it's the um, a lack of care of the installer or whether it's just ignorance. I'm, I'm not too sure. I'd probably a bit of both sometimes. Um, so that, that, that's where the, the real importance comes in to make sure you pay um, really important attention around all those um details and that sort of thing and and as you said earlier like just the um importance of you know if, if it is if you can access your wall junctions and that to put the insulation there because obviously you know if you don't do all your wall junctions um you know you're going to sort of you know miss holes and that sort of thing so the, the, the performance in your um um, insulation is, is going to um, decrease quite significantly and that's sort the of thing. And one thing I think that gets overlooked too is like um, say ah, install insulation on your, your your project or your, your home whatever and I, I recommend to seal all the um, the wires and plumbing penetrations while you go on that too. Um, just <clears throat> where, where, where the you have like your bottom plate which is a horizontal piece of timber on your wall. And then you have potentially noggins going horizontally across as well. And then you have another horizontal piece of timber right at the top near your corners. Is the, the plumber and electricians will drill, you know, like maybe a twenty-five centimeter hole, a uh, twenty-five millimeter hole. Sorry, through that, and then they'll shove like a, you know, say a six mm pipe or a ten mm wire through. So you, you get left with like an actual a, um, a gap there. So I recommend just you know using like a, a polyurethane sealant or um, any type of sealant, just got to be careful that the sealant doesn't react with the um, the plastic wiring and also the plastic pipes and that. But just to seal it up, um, that way you stop that air leakage. And that's the thing. It's um yeah why you're going on that. So yeah.
2: I know uh, when we specify our ceiling insulation, um, so we'll we'll say maybe use a ninety mil thick uh, insulation bat, and we'll run it between the bottom cord of the trusses, and then we'll put another layer cross hatch over the top of that, but you know a larger sized uh, insulation bat. Um, And that just helps again with thermal bridging and, um, you know, has that thermal break from the the bottom uh, cord of the truss. So that's another thing that people can do as well. Um, And if you really want to go to that next level, you could Look at layering that insulation, uh, bulk insulation. Yeah, that one direction, or then cross hatching it the opposite way, just to redu- yeah reduce that thermal bridging capacity.
1: And for whatever reason, if you did have in that that first row of um, insulation, you did have like a, a minor gap because you know you can't get everything a hundred percent perfect. Um, but then you cross hatch it the other way that um, you know it's going get- to. Um, that gap sort of thing. So it's um, definitely going to be well better performing. That's a good
2: one. So the next topic I want to bring up is windows. Um, I'm putting this one sort of at the bottom of my list anyway, just because I, you know, looking at this, this is a a much higher price point. So we've sort of started with, you know, very affordable options using silicon for air tightness, Um, you know, it's really affordable, probably a handful of dollars, um, and then right through to Windows where we are now, which could be tens of thousands of dollars or a $10,000 decision. So I just want to let you maybe provide some thoughts on what you think the best types of Windows might be to use, or, or firstly, maybe um, things that you can do to your existing Windows without having to look at replacing them.
1: Yep. So I'll probably like start off with probably the most cost effective um, one first, and I find around windows and architraves that that's a, another spot we get leakage. Um, so you know a bead of cork where your plasterboard or your internal lining meets your architrave and any gaps around your architrave. I'd recommend sealing that up with you know, like a, a cork and then paint over it or a silicone whatever you whatever you choose and that. But you know that's that's going to be the most cost effective way just to do something. Um, but once again, you know, to, to get to that uh, peak performance, it's um, far from it. And then um, as far as, um, you know, trying to prevent heat loss from your home, you know, your blinds do do a certain um, part of it. Like a, a standard roller blind, it may help a little bit. But once again, it's not going to do that much because they're not not that thick, you um, they're not cutting that neat around your your window and that, so you still are going to get you know quite a fair bit of leakage or um or, or cool coming through there. Um, but an, another good one is like a um a tight not a, a loose big loose heavy drapes or curtains um that sort of fit you know pretty hard to your plaster wall on the sides. Um, they go down to the floor and you know they're just they like a big blanket, virtually across your window. Um, they, they they do a, a, a pretty good job, but once again, to 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 make that a hell of a lot better, you could have pelmets over the top, um, and not just a, a pelmet, Make sure it's a, you know sealed up too. That you know you do um, cork across the top and that. So, um, and and also with the palmette too. I know you somewhere along the line someone created a, a, just a, a pelmet that was a horizontal piece of a timber. Um, that doesn't do too much. You need to have it so it's the horizontal piece of timber, and then the the um the the sides and that too. Um, so it's um you know pretty much as enclosed as it because um otherwise you get that convective heat loss um coming up through. There is another option of the honeycomb um, blinds. Um, yeah, they're they're a great thing too. Um, providing they're they're tightly fitted. So a honeycomb blinds, um. It's virtually a, a blind that Constantine is up and down, and it, when it's when it's open, um, so when it's closed, it creates just this honeycomb sort of air pockets and that. And, and um, yeah, the, 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 they work pretty well, but I, I do find that um, if they're not tightly fitted, they're not that effective. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the sort of the major ones with with the blinds, but you can probably see still that common trend of, we want that k- continuous connection. Um, we're talking about, you know, when we're caulking before all those little minor gaps and that they just all create air leaks. And that's so it's the same with the windows and blinds and that. That, you know, just because you know you've got, you know, like a honeycomb blind or whatever, and it's it, you know it, it's going to work, but if it's not tightly fitted, um, it's not going to work that well. And you know, same with your, um, your your heavy drapes or blinds and that sort of thing. If if you've got the gaps there, you know, they're going to um, you're going to leak to an extent and that sort of thing. But um, I suppose after that, you could, um, depending on the windows you have, you could look to retrofit um, double glazing on them. Um, but this is where, you know, prices start to, to go up a fair bit. Um, obviously, like a, a single four mil pane of glass isn't going to perform that well um, compared to, you know, a, a double glazed um, window. But it all depends on the type of window you have. So say, for example, you do have, aluminium windows, single glazed. Yeah, you can um double glaze your windows, get them double glazed, but you've still got the thermal bridging of the aluminium. Um so that's that's gonna create, you know, a fair bit of um a cool cool coming through. But um the the best option would be is to um, rip out all your old windows install some brand new high performance windows um, and, and while you're doing that you can ensure they're installed correctly sealed up right around the outsides um, and then you know that's you know definitely going to be your best best option but um, also definitely your most expensive option too so yeah
2: Can I get you to walk us through how you typically seal up a new window once you've installed it? Um, So let's say someone has been able to afford to uh, replace their old single-glazed aluminium windows, and they want to put some high-performance UPVC double-glazed windows in. Um, Any tips about the installation um, of that window to ensure that um, it's going to perform as well as the actual window does?
1: How long is this podcast going for? I know you and I talk about window installations quite a bit, so. (laughs) If it was an old, old building and that sort of thing, um, and it did de- de- depend on whether we're doing external cladding or um, we're not. But let's let's just say we were the we're just ripping out the windows, all the internal linings, all the external lining, all all, sta- all staying. Is um, I would um, yeah obviously rip out the window, put the new one in. Um, but before I put the new window in, I, I'd make sure that the um, the timber frame is sealed up some way with like um, some building wrap or um, some um, um, polyurethane sealant or some, um, some, some some gaskets and that just to to prevent if your window does leak to prevent it from kicking, from getting damaged and the other thing I, I would do is too is I would um, install either a, a seal pan on the, the bottom of the window which is like a uh, sorry on, on the bottom of the, the, the timber trimmer is a, um, a seal pan is like a, um, a piece of pvc um, plastic that's designed for if any water does leak through the window for it to to drain out and um, not go in, into your house at all and also um, not to um, you know damage your timber frame um, all that or you could just you know there's other products out there that you can use um, no pro climber do have a product out there, um, seal tape and that sort of thing, but it's a matter of trying to if if water does get to your window, um, of having it um, you know dispersed out of your um, out of the um, frame, and then um, yeah, once your windows in, I'd recommend um, either expander foam or um, you can use um, the foam rods, and I'd poke that um, right around the outside perimeter of your window because. When, when you install windows, you get left with like a, I don't know, 10, 15 mil gap um, between your frame and the outside reveal of your window. And majority of the time, that is not um, sealed at all by um, the um, tradesman and you just get like, this massive big hole there. So yeah, I'd ever seal that up with, um, yeah, a, a, um, a foam rod or um, expander foam. And then I would also um, put a bead of polyurethane over the top of that to, um, and right around your window to um, to seal it up that, um, you know, it was going to prevent air leakage. Um, it, you know, you could even just you know, sh- shove insulation right around it, like just get little strips of insulation, just shove it in there and that's the thing. Like That's going to be better than doing nothing. It's, it's just about minimising... Um, those little pockets where you don't have any insulation, that's the thing, where you're gonna get cold drafts and that coming through. So yeah, that's um that's how I'd probably go about it, Anthony. But um there's um yeah, probably a thousand different ways to do it and that's well, the thing we, we
2: want to hear how you go about it because, you know, we've seen your detailing, it's impeccable. Um, so I'll just add that if you're going to use foam between the reveal and the stud frame, just just make sure it's low expansion foam. Uh, some windows they're prone to bow under the pressure of the expansion foam, and it might lead to some cracking in the glazing, um, which we want to try and avoid. And that decision on whether you use expansion foam or, or bulk insulation probably just depends on the size of the gap in that in there, and um, you know the reveal of uh, from the reveal to your window. Um, say 50 millimeters or more, you're probably looking at bulk insulation, but if it's sort of less than that, then yeah, expansion foam um, or or even a backing rod, um, closed cell foam um, backing rod. So just to mention, yeah, closed cell will prevent the moisture transferring coming through. Uh, but if you use an open cell phone backing rod, it'll let moisture through. So we just want to avoid that. So particularly um, with the majority of architraves around windows as well, they're MDF. And uh, MDF is renowned to absorb moisture. And it can be quite destructive with the capillary action of water transferring through it to other areas. Uh, so if you'd like to sh- maybe yeah share some real case study or real world uh, application at all,
1: yeah, before we do that, Anthony, I might um, have a chat about, like, the ways that people can actually find air leaks in their home. So um, it's all good us chatting about, you know, sealing this, sealing that, and you we'll see cracks that. But, like, to actually the best way to find where we draft is actually test it. Um, there's, there's heaps of different ways to do it, and that, but he, here's just a few um, that I, I recommend in that. And on, on a cold, windy day, you can actually go around with your hand like around windows, um, around your floor, and that, and you can actually feel the drafts. So that's that's just a, a very basic one. The other good way is you can um once again on a cold windy day, you can use like a um, incense candle or um, any sort of um, sort of device that sort of you know just continuously sort of smokes in that and you can you can see you know when you're moving around and you move your candle. You know close to a window or um anywhere that's a leak you can see just the um the smoke just starts uh moving a whole lot quicker and that sort of thing so um and another good way is um you know the, the thermal imaging cameras and that sort of thing you can often on, on when, when you when it's very cold and windy outside you can actually sometimes pick up the um you know, the, the air blowing through there and that and um, the, the, the other option is that you can um, hire a great company like yourself to do a um, a blow door test and actually you know find your your leaks and that sort of thing because I do know you guys do that, Anthony. So um, you know personally, like you know, it depends on how far you're going with things and that. But you know, you could start off having to crack yourself on that and seal up as much as you reckon. But then if you still find that it's um, you know leaking in that that um, you might get the big boys in to do it
2: we do offer air leakage and insulation inspection on existing homes and look i couldn't recommend it more to those listening and what we do is we will depressurize your home to 50 pascals using our blower door and then we're able to tell you where all like what the air change rate is based on that test and we get to identify where all those air leaks are occurring um you know we'll be able to then use the infrared camera thermal camera to look where uh insulation may be raised in your ceiling or if it's not there at all and then we can provide you with you know a nice bundled report that identifies um these these issues and provides recommendation rectification works and um you know some helpful tutorial videos as well and some products that uh, in, in that report that uh, you can then carry out some of that work yourself
1: sounds like a um a wise investment um I suppose I'll, I'll also just touch on that. And I know if you're probably um, sitting in your home right now or listening to this podcast and it's you know, cold outside and you're feeling quite cold in your house, that you're probably a, a long way off um, what I'm about to speak about. But I just want to put it out there and that's the thing. Like, um, For the listeners and that, just to be mindful that um, when we're trying to seal up a home, I, I believe that we're walking a bit of a tightrope of... Um, one side you you know you have a leaky drafty home and on the other side you, ha- you run the risk of mold and condensation build up um but like as i said if, if you're sitting at home right now you and you and you, you're cold that and you you know you plan to just cork up a few bits and pieces you, you're probably miles and miles off um risk of uh mold and condensation build up but i just wanted to put it out there and that that um like if you're if you do engage a company like Anthony or someone to do blower door testing and that, or, or, or you, you're curious to know how, what leakage your home is at, that, um, like any generally anything above five air changes an hour. And I'll let you talk about the, the nitty gritty of the, um, air changes that Anthony like, but, um, anything above five, you, you, you know, you know, I believe, you know, risk of mold and, um, condensation buildup. But once you start getting in between this level of, um, three and five air changes an hour, you know, it, 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 it's just, you, you may need a, you know, HRV unit. And then definitely once you get below that three um, air changes per hour, I, I believe you, you're going to require a um, HRV unit to, to ventilate your home. And I'll, I'll let you talk, Anthony, about, you know, air changes per hour and HRV
2: unit and that sort of thing. So, so David, is there an example um, that you might be able to share with us today that uh, touches on all the things that we've discussed?
1: Yeah, so it's probably not a real life example, but it's a, just an example case study that I think might be very common here in Australia um, for someone's story um, from you know and making their home energy efficient and um, as sustainable as possible. So, like, uh, so for example, um, a um, freshly married couple have purchased their dream home, and it's an old sort of um, Victorian cottage um and and one day they have the the dream of you know renovating and doing an extension sort of thing it's um you know it's quite livable as it is but you know they definitely you know want to do um a few things to it so the the old cottage is a um you know it's got the, the hallway through the center um and then you have two rooms either side so sort of um four front rooms of the house um and you know one day they think that you know we like the um, the forefront rooms and, you know, the, the may heritage or something over it as well and that thing, so they can't sort of do too much to that. But, um, you know, the, the old sort of extension, I do find with the Victorian cottages, you, you may have an extension on an extension too over a period of time. So I think, you know, that, that's perfect. We'll, we'll just knock down the, the back part of the house and that, and leave the forefront rooms one day, they say. Um, so, now they spend their first winter in their home and they think, oh my God, this is so cold, we cannot um, cannot bear this. So over the next um, year, they start to uh, think, oh, how can we um, improve the performance of this, you know, front four rooms, obviously they don't want to do too much to the, the back part of the house um, with the idea they're going to knock that down. So they do decide to, you know, spend, you know, $30 on a few tubes of silicon and cork to, to seal up the back part of the home and just to try and prevent the drafts and that sort of thing. But they they decide to, to put a bit more money into the front four rooms in the house. So they um, there's, there's good access underneath the subfloor. So they decide to get underneath there um, and insulate that um, with some good quality insulation. And they do the same with the roof. Um, they go around and cork everywhere. Um, they install... Um, Weather seals on their front doors, and um, there's um, chimneys in the old rooms too. So they decide to, um, sorry, the unused chimneys in the old rooms. So they decide to, to block them off as well. So um, yeah, the house is you know it's it's done to an extent. It's still not perfect. Don't have any insulation in the external walls, but you know they have got um, warm feet with underfloor insulation, and um, they got the ceiling insulation as well. So um, yeah, they're, they're quite happy with what they've done. So a um, a few years go by. And um, the old timber weatherboards on the um, the four front rooms, yeah. of the house require replacing. So they decide to um, arrange a tradesman to you know pull off all the old weatherboards and um, you know bring the house um, back to um, a good condition just on the uh, front four rooms. While doing that, they decide oh, let's throw in some insulation in the walls. Let's um, actually. Batten out the studs, and so instead of being a you know traditional 90 stud 90mm 90 stud wall, they decide to put on a um you know a um a 45mm batten to increase the, the thickness of the insulation. Um they can do with that. Um they also get the the, the the tradesman or the builder to um correctly install um the building wrap as well and also install a ventilated cavity, which I won't go into the details of the ventilated cavity um, right now. And they also decide to um, rip out all the old windows and install high-performance windows just to the forefront rooms. So again, the, the forefront rooms of the house has been done in different stages, um, and the forefront rooms are very are, are definitely quite livable. So then, after um, ten years of purchasing their dream home, they finally have enough funds to go ahead and um, completely. Um, renovate and extend the home, so they do a nice extension out the back. Um, the the extensions, you know, done with you know thicker walls and traditional construction to get some good insulation in there. Um, Why the the plaster is there, he actually um, goes through all the front four rooms and covers over any of the old um, vents in the um, in the walls to to stop um, you know the air leakage and that. They repolish all the timber floors um, in their home, in the forefront room. So that's been, um, you know, it was leaking and drafty, but now they've, they've recoded it. It's all been sealed up. Um, and, you know, potentially that client could install HRV right throughout their home um, to, to ensure that, you know, um, there's not going to be any risk of mould and that sort of thing. So, like, you can see that, it doesn't need to be done overnight and doesn't need to be done within 12 months. It can be done within a um, 10 year period or a 20 year period, or even a 30 year period. It doesn't matter. I think is the biggest thing I want people to take away from this. As long as you're taking small steps, you're going to get to the right, um, the right end point. Um, it's just a, um, yeah, a matter of just um, you know taking it step by step and it all depends on how far you want to go to. Like I know um, you can, renovate a house over 20, 30 years to get it to be a um, NFIT, which is a um, renovation of a passive house standard. Um, you can do that over a period of time too. Um, or you can also just, you know, improve your insulation, improve your air tightness and just have a, you know, a better performing home than a standard home. That's the thing. So I think that's the, um, yeah, one of the biggest takeaways. I think I want people to get Anthony.
2: So we have one last question for you, David. Uh, this is a question we ask everyone um, that we have on the podcast and it's about the future of our industry, and, and where do you believe it's 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 heading? So, if you could change one thing in the building code, what would it be?
1: Um, yeah, it's a tough one, Anthony. It's yeah, very hard to narrow that down to one. But if I did have it, and it's got enough related to um, insulation and that, but I would love to see mandatory waterproofing inspections. Um, I think that water is the biggest killer of homes Um, and you know we have a frame inspection which is great you know i'm not saying we shouldn't get rid of the frame inspection but i just i just see all the time with um, projects water leakage in um, wet areas and that that creates mold um, rotting of timber frames Um, it just creates so many so many issues and i believe if we did bring in a mandatory inspection for waterproofing that um, if it's been ticked off correctly that's cool. it's going to make huge difference to the homes um, going forward um with you know making sure it's all been done correctly and that so yeah if I, if I could change something that that would be it yeah
2: i've chatted uh I've chatted about this on past in the past on a few occasions and you know we we know that water is the number one killer of homes so that's a really good one
1: like it's it's funny like there's a mandatory um frame inspection but like how many homes do you actually see, um, like completely fall over? And you know, you do see minor structural defects and that's sort the of thing, or large structural defects. Don't get me wrong, but I believe not as many as you see water issues and that um, related from uh, waterproofing um, defects and that. So yeah,
2: I'm sure that uh, as a builder, you would never receive a call, let's say two in the two a.m. in the morning, for any other reason other than my home is uh, leaking water.
1: That's it. Yeah, for sure. So um yeah to anyone from vba listening (laughs) take that on board
2: (laughs) well uh thank you again david for coming on the podcast it's been a pleasure and i think there's some really valuable information there that homeowners listening will be able to implement uh into their own homes this coming winter to be more comfortable and improve their energy efficiency
1: yeah awesome no it's been really good guys um yeah appreciate having me back and um who knows we might chat again soon hey
0: Thanks again to David for joining us a second time around and giving away so much advice and input about how to winter-prove your home. And thanks as well to Anthony for taking over and using his construction knowledge to ask the right questions. If you want to know more or have any further questions, you can reach David through his website, which is ecowisehomes.com.au, as well as his Facebook and Instagram, which we will link on the podcast page alongside with the other show notes. And hey, if you've used any of the tips you heard here, please let us know. Send us a photo, a video or simply tell us about it on our socials. We would love to see what you've achieved. Stay warm and until next time.